Hey mama, stop what you're doing right now and join my birth classes. It is open enrollment and it's a special one because we have added some extra new bonuses just for you. And hint, hint, don't forget that insurance may reimburse you and you can also use your HSA or your FSA to pay for birth classes. So it's a no brainer. If you join this week, you're gonna get not only a huge discount by using the code BIRTHQUEEN, all in caps, cause you know you are, but you're also going to get six or seven bonuses. Bonus number one, you're gonna get 30 days free in my mama membership, which is where all the magic is happening. After 30 days, you can leave us if you want, boo hoo. Or you can stay with us for 19 a month. And some of my mamas stay with me for years, if that tells you anything. You're also gonna get bonus number two, which is my newborn academy. Bonus three, the birth coach class. Bonus four, the postpartum recovery roadmap class, along with some other bonuses. And if you join by Friday night at midnight, you're gonna get my birthing waves, which is a brand new course and it's guided meditations for labor and beyond. Brand spanky new and I'm so excited to welcome you in. Don't forget, we hang out with all of our students every Wednesday. We have a pregnancy hangout via Zoom where you get to see my face and my doulas every single Wednesday. I'll see you on the inside. Go to labornursemama.com forward slash the word calm, C-A-L-M, labornursemama.com forward slash calm. I'll see you on the inside. Well, what I tell my girls when we do their birth plans is I do not want to push on my back unless I want to yeah. and no lithotomy yeah. because there's a huge difference between being on your back and being in lithotomy, mm -hmm. period. And that's that's where I draw the line. Not so much back pushing because there's some great back pushing and I teach my girls to roll up a towel under their bottom, yeah. if you know, like two towels under the hips. Um but also tug of war. Like I, that's one of my favorite uh, pushing with a first time mom, which involves being on your back. Welcome to the birth experience podcast. I'm Trish Ware, a longtime labor and delivery RN turned online birth educator slash virtual doula. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many, many babies in my 16 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse. And as a mom of seven, I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice from your provider. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. I am so excited about today's guest on The Birth Experience. This guy has been showing up in my feed on TikTok, and I am just so excited to talk to you today. So I just want you to tell my guests a little bit about who you are, why you're here today, and just whatever you want to tell us about you. So I'm AJ. I am originally from Wisconsin, but landed myself out in LA recently. Um, I'm a travel nurse in labor and delivery. Um, 28. I travel alone right now. So I've just been taking the travel route with my life right now because I'm not sure like where I want to land. So I was in Seattle for seven months before this. And now I'm here in LA. And I like it. I just hate the traffic. The traffic is mm, not for yes. me out here. I'm not a big fan of it. 
Um, and yeah, Trish came across my feed on TikTok and then we connected and I like love her page. She's hilarious. I love her birthing experience page. It's great. And I just love her view on labor and like mama is in charge and that's how I like to see my yes. patients. So yeah, yeah, and now I'm here. So I have, I don't know if you know that I did travel nursing the majority of my career. Oh, okay. And one of my favorite jobs, not going to say where on the podcast. However, Seattle was one of my most favorite assignments. I loved Seattle. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back there after. My assignment's actually done here in like three weeks, but we're not finding anything. I just applied to another one to yesterday and they want to be assigned. I only have my ADN. Because mm-hmm, I didn't really think too. it was necessary for me to get my BSN at the time. Because um, I want to go to get my master's so I can be a nurse practitioner. Um, okay. But I'm thinking I want to go back to Seattle because there's nothing here. Like, all the assignments are kind of just, like, dwindling down in the L.A. area. Well, I love Seattle, too, because it it, it really does um, align with my beliefs and how labor and delivery should be. Mm-hmm. At least the facility I was at. I told my students um, we had kind of a laugh because I, like... I consider myself kind of like a hippie doula labor nurse, you know, (laughs) I'm very low intervention. Um, I go against the flow and I got reprimanded in Seattle. My very first labor patient, first day on the floor, I admitted her. She was in full-blown labor. I admitted her and started an IV in fluids. And I went back to do something and I came back and the doctor was like, why did you put her on fluids? And I was like, because I admitted her. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, do you not put people on fluids? She's like, oh, no. If They they don't really need them until they get an epidural, if they get an epidural. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Like, I loved it because I had never yeah. worked anywhere that didn't just start you on 125 fluids. Yeah. And so it was really were you awesome. like in and Seattle or were you outside of Seattle? Inside in Seattle. Okay. So I, was gonna say, I, think, I feel like we worked at the same place, but no, I was I was in um, a different city, but I was like oh. 25 minutes out of Seattle. We can talk privately yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I also, one of my favorite facilities um, was outside of LA. I've never actually worked inside LA, so I haven't dealt with the traffic, but I feel you. Anyway, I'm sure that my mamas probably don't care about all that. But I'm absolutely sure that they're going to care about hearing your story. Um, So I have a couple questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, I'm so excited to hear some of your answers because, like I said before, I started seeing your videos on TikTok and I was literally dying. So because of my business, it exploded and I'm doing so much uh, coaching and spending time with my students and teaching and educating. And I feel like, you know, that's where I need to be right now because you and I both know that uh, women need to be educated before they step foot into the labor room. Yes. Um, but watching your videos, I love the one where you have a fellow nurse and she like you're showing like at the end of the shift when the mama comes in on the wheelchair. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. And I love like just some of the different uh, videos. I was laughing so hard. I love seeing other labor nurses sharing their experiences and educating women on their rights. So I'm really interested in a couple things. One, what brought you into labor and delivery? 
So I actually, so during nursing, so like I started nursing school with the mindset, like I wanted to do trauma ER. That was always like my thing. I love fast paced work. I was a CNA for five years in a cardiac like step down unit. And like, I love like doing the codes and doing like all the like suspenseful stuff you would think you would see like in movies. And, um, I got to my last semester of nursing school and I, we were having our OB rounds and I was legit terrified. I told my instructor, I'm like, Mary, I said, I can't do this. These women are not going to want me in their room. I said, I don't want to, I said, can we please just like give me a different thing to do? Like I'll float down to like ICU and do like this, the scut work. And she's like, no, we're going to do it. So we got on the unit and like immediately, like the staff was like, oh my gosh, there's a guy on the unit. Just like how you think a labor and delivery unit is filled with women. Um, yeah. So the staff were very like open. They were like bringing me into all the rooms. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay. I see my first delivery and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing. I, I have a lot of friends who've had babies, but I was never able to go to their like labor start. And my mm-hmm. sisters have kids. I was never, I, but I was young at that point. So I never got to see like them in labor, get birth. So this is my first birth experience. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so It's incredible. Cool. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen it's in my so life. It's so incredible. It is. And then my teacher behind my back went and talked to the manager because my teacher actually used to be the old manager on the unit and asked if I could um, be a nurse extern there. And so they literally just gave me the job that day in clinicals. And that was May of 2018. That's is pretty incredible and really says that you were meant to be there literally because that doesn't happen in labor and delivery like that yeah i had no interview literally i've never had an interview in my life for nursing because i just went for my extern role well it's funny because that's almost how i got my first labor and delivery job minus the fact that i was already a nurse i went to school to be a labor and delivery nurse that's all i wanted to be only reason i went and um but I kept getting the advice to do med surge for at least a year. And so I had been in med surge for about seven months and a good friend of mine was having a baby at a local freestanding birth center. And I say that because they were delving into high risk. It was a hot mess. I did not know that at the time. Um, and I met the manager during her birth. We got to chatting and she hired me right there. <laughs> and so it was my leg into labor and delivery, but it's also, like I was saying, it was a hot mess. They were really messing with stuff. They didn't even have, just for you and I, our sake, they didn't have blood in-house. They did not have a doctor in-house at night. No anesthesiologist, nothing. Yeah, it was a hot mess. Anyway. So the other thing that you kind of approached a little bit, but... I was laughing so hard because I was rewatching some of the TikToks that I've liked on your oh, account. Man, your that was ones. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. You should go back. You should go back and watch my original videos I did when I first started and had no idea what I was doing at all. Um, but I was laughing because it's true. There's not many men who work as labor and delivery nurses. And I was loving the one where you're like, I am not answering this again oh my gosh yes that's the it's the question i get on tiktok how is it being a guy in labor delivery literally on every single video i post and i was just like one day i'm like i'm done with this it's the same exact as any other field it's just not yeah. more by women. but here's what's funny and ironic to me do you think these male ob's get that question yeah no not at all it's ridiculous it is right ridiculous. and the fact is is like 
so what? Like what it takes is someone who works with the mom, who respects her, who honors her and who enjoys their job. Cause you and I both know there's a lot of labor nurses who don't enjoy it anymore yeah. and they really need to move on yeah. because it really does take a special person. And I think male or female, but funny story is that I have worked with a few male labor and delivery nurses. There were, there were a few in um, San Francisco. I did a travel assignment there. And then one time I worked with a brand new nurse. He was kind of the same thing, doing like a, you know, some kind of intern type thing for new students. And he was doing labor and delivery, but his background was he was a detective in a police department. I know. I was like, what? Yeah, it was quite, it was really strange, but Funny thing about him, the funny thing that I remember about him is that I went into the room to check on my patient because I, I had him with me that day and he had given the patient a graduated cylinder to drink out of with her as her water. Oh, no. <laughs> and she had one on the back of her toilet. Oh, no. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, not a good idea. But anyway, yeah, he was fun. So I, I think it's really cool and I love it. And I'm sure it drives you crazy because, like I said, why is it okay for a male OB, but not yeah, for a male nurse? Yeah, nurse. I can never tell you. It doesn't, I don't think that really factors into how you care for a mama. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I really liked in that same video was you were talking about labor and delivery and how it's not all rainbows and butterflies. And I think that's something that's really important, especially I have a lot of uh, new nurses and student nurses who follow me and um, they have this dream of being labor and delivery nurse mm -hmm. and they think all we do is sit around and hold babies. Yeah. I wish that was what we were doing. The other thing I love is I'm sure you've realized now is that labor and delivery nurse is very similar to being an ER nurse mm -hmm. in the pace that, you know, it's either going crazy or going slow. So what do you feel like, what led you to say that in your video? I think it really, it truly is. People like get the mistake and then they end up in labor and delivery and they're like, oh my gosh, this is not what I expected. And I just want people to have like the true story of like what it is. Yeah. A lot of the times it is amazing. It's amazing. You get to see birth, but then a lot of the times it is not. And when it's bad, we know in labor and delivery, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So people like, I think people just need to open their minds. Like, is this what you really want to do? Maybe you should do a shadow shift. Maybe you should do the externship like I did because mm -hmm. then you're not dedicated to labor and delivery because it is completely like, I feel like a lot of society like washes it away that it is like this magical fairy tale land where like we just get told mm -hmm. babies all day and we relax and but it's not. No. It's not. No, it's it's high paced. It is high paced. I had a good friend who switched to labor and delivery and she quit and she was like, Y'all are hardcore. Yeah, some people just can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Because it but there's also a lot of autonomy. So you're you're making a lot of decisions on your own where I feel like a lot of other nursing professions, um, you're more relying on the providers where we have to really use our skills mm -hmm. and make a lot of quick, uh, fast paced decisions. Yeah. And I think that's what's good about labor and delivery, because if your providers really trust you as a labor nurse, they're going to trust your judgment call and making those decisions. But one of my most popular blog posts when I first started blogging 
was a day in the life of a labor nurse. And I just, you know, just remember that we take care of all the births, whether it's a good birth or a tragic birth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we need a lot of debriefing on because it is, it is a real high or a real low one or the other. Yeah. So there is days where I sit in my car and I'm just like, what just happened last night? Like, I felt like I just got to work and my end, my shift ended with like my yeah. section. I, I love those shifts though. I love when I'm super busy. I do not like sitting. Guess what? I have a free birth workshop helping expected mamas get as educated as possible about the labor experience and push like a freaking champ instead of freaking out. Whether you're having your first child or the last of many, every expectant mama wants the same thing. A quick, easy as possible, complication-free labor. It's the whole pushing part that trips us up. Will I know when to begin? Is my pelvis too small? What about all that pain? Well, Mama, as an experienced labor and delivery nurse with 15 plus years of experience, I can say one thing for sure. Fear and anxiety causes labor to slow down. Nobody wants that. I'm gonna show you how to avoid that in my free workshop, How to Push Like a Boss and love your labor experience. We're gonna cover everything from pushing faster and more effectively to when to start, the best positions, and how to open your pelvis, even if you have an epidural. Plus, everyone who attends gets a sweet little gift from us just for coming and hanging out. So if you wanna learn proven ways to shorten your pushing time significantly, then check out the link in my show notes and join us for this free live class next week. We'll see you there. Another thing that I feel like really plays into how we are as labor nurses, there for me, there was one or two births that really changed my practice. And um, I was just wondering if you have like a few births that come to mind that you feel like really defined who you are as a labor and delivery nurse. And if, if you can share, you know, briefly some of that. Oh yeah, definitely. So I had one back in Seattle on one of my assignments. It was more, it was a beautiful birth. She didn't push long. It was her second baby. It was amazing. And I will never forget them because she's also the patient that I thought I was going to lose. And I, that has been my biggest fear being in labor delivery, like having mm. that happen. Um, but I'll never forget them. I was there through the whole thing. She ended up having, like, long story short, with with it being still in guards of, like, her privacy, she had to have a complete hysterectomy at the end of it. Mm. Oh, that's hard. Um, but like, I'll never forget that. It was a beautiful birth, and she was just very grateful to have her two kids at that time. So, like, she definitely stuck out. Like, she's the one I will never forget. Mm -hmm. Like all the signs were there for th certain things that were going on with her. Um, and then my patient back home, I got to deliver one of my um, best friends back home. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was really cool. This was her second baby. Um, so I got to be her delivery nurse and she delivered at the hospital. Yeah, obviously she delivered at the hospital that I was working at at the time with one of my favorite doctors. And she just had a really easy, fast, precipitous second delivery. And it was just oh, yes. beautiful. 
I love second babies. Yeah, they're second awesome. babies, they're just great. They just, yeah, they're just great. So yeah, those are definitely are my two. One good one. I love and it. one good and kind of bad one. Yeah, I think that's the same for all of us that we have those ones that um, we'll just never forget. They're in our souls. And I think that's important for moms that are listening. We really do care about you guys. We really do take it. There's times where I've sat in my car, whether it was an amazing delivery and I'm exhausted and I'm just so thankful, or it was a difficult and um, emergent type situation. I have sat in my car and cried. I've prayed. I, I, so many times I I'm sure you've probably done this Mm -hmm. labored all day with the patient, but they're not close enough for you to stay over. Mm -hmm. But then you wake up and you right away call and say, okay, what happened? Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me what happened. Yeah. So I think that's important for these moms to know, like we really are your biggest advocate and your biggest fan. And like, we want you to have the birth that you desire because I think there, and and of course there are those nurses, those labor nurses, but I think that's one misconception that we need to, well, I say misconception because I've also worked with the nurses who roll their eyes at birth plans and talk badly about a patient who has specific um, path that she wants to follow. But I think that it's important for them to know that we're not all that way at all. One of the things I teach my students is how to ask for a new labor nurse. What do you think about that? Like, how does that, like, do you think that that's something a patient should do if they're not connecting with their labor nurse or their labor nurse is being condescending or rolling their eyes? Because I'll definitely like come into a room where you can just kind of feel the hostility that the nurse has with the patient. And then that's like reporting off to me. And then like night shift, I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. No, you don't have to do that. You didn't hear yeah. it from me though, but no, we don't have to do that. Yeah. We don't have to keep that blood pressure cuff on your arm for literally like five. I said, your blood pressure stable. We'll take the blood pressure off for now. We'll relax. Mm-hmm. You can walk around the room. You're not going to be stuck in bed right now. Like you can definitely, I would definitely push to request a different nurse. Okay. Mama's listen to us both on this. And I tell the girls all the time. I tell, so I do weekly coaching with my birth course students. And one of the, every, you know, couple weeks we'll talk about, like, we'll go in depth with communicating to providers. And, um, I've had students who have switched OBs at the very end because they're just not being respected. But I tell them all that your labor nurse really can make or break your, your delivery. And I know exactly what you're talking, where you get report from a nurse and everything she's saying does not line up with what you experience with that patient. And you realize it's just their own personal preferences and there's no room for that. Like we're about our patients. Mm -hmm. So mamas, if you have a nurse who is condescending, if you have a nurse who's not respecting you, what I tell them is just to be like, you know, we're not really clicking and I don't feel like you're you're on board with my plan. So I'd really appreciate if you would ask to have another nurse assigned to my birth. And the reason I recommend that for the obvious, but five years from her birth, She's not going to remember doing that. It's not going to leave an emotional scar. Mm-hmm. But if she sticks with a nurse who really brings negativity to her birth, it will. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's really important. Pushing. 
I want to talk about pushing because I'm pretty sure that at this point there's like a um, don't hire this labor nurse sign about me and all the units all over the country because I am so passionate about teaching these moms that they can push in a position they want, whether or not they have an epidural, because that's the thing I get all the time. Shame on nurses who won't um, move their patients around yeah. when they have an epidural. But I loved because I, I saw something that you wrote when we were chatting about lithotomy position. And <clears throat> can we just talk about how stupid it is? Yeah. Who delivers on their back? No like it's not, if you look at like old like articles from like the freaking caveman days, people aren't pushing on their back. It, it makes no make sense. The physiological sense for you to push on your back, like your pelvis is like completely closed off. It's like, ridiculous. I don't get it. And do you know the story behind that? Like, do you know like some of the story behind it? Because it's pretty mm -hmm. weird. No. So I can't remember who, but back in the 1800s. So it's a surgical position. Just let that sit with you guys. It's a surgical position that was designed for surgery, not childbirth. However, there was a prince or a king. I believe he was a French one. And he realized that he could get a real nice view of the vagina when women were giving birth. So he had the doctor start putting women in lithotomy position and he would stand behind a curtain so he could have a nice view. He's a weirdo pervert. Yeah. That's where it came from. Wrong. Like, what the hell? And it stuck around because it's convenient. Yeah. And that's something I teach all the time is we don't do things out of convenience or curiosity. So it, it really makes no sense. And half of the women that I talk to in my courses who are second time mom, or I have a VBAC course mm -hmm. who are coming into the VBAC course, when we start talking about their first birth, I can't tell you how many times they are taken back to the OR for failure press. Number one, they're not in active labor yet. Or number two, they didn't try any any positions to get that baby out. And it's so maddening to me. Yeah, that's very stressful. So, so do your patients get shocked when you let them do other positions? Because a lot of nurses don't. Yeah, I mean, some do. And some are just like stern on like wanting to be on their back. So it's like comfortable. I'm like, I mean, you can do that. But I said, why, how about just... Give me like 10 minutes of pushing on your side. Give me 10 minutes of closed knee pushing. Give me five mm -hmm. minutes of pushing hands knees and let's just see how you feel. And then yeah. those ones that come in wanting to push on their back, they do like, oh, I like this position better. It's actually more comfortable. And I feel like I'm able to push like with more stamina. So yeah. Well, what I tell my girls when we do their birth plans is I do not want to push on my back unless I want to yeah. and no lithotomy yeah. because there's a huge difference between being on your back and being in lithotomy, mm -hmm. period. And that's that's where I draw the line. Not so much back pushing because there's some great back pushing and I teach my girls to roll up a towel under their bottom, yeah. if you yeah. know, like two towels under the hips. Um but also tug of war, like I, that's mm. one of my favorite uh, pushing with a first time mom, which involves being on your back. And myself, I've given birth six times and unmedicated and I'm very stubborn. And so I got into positions I wanted to get into, but every single time at the very end, I naturally fell back on my back mm. and pushed the baby out in a wonky position, not 
straight. But so I tell my moms, it's not about like absolutely no back pushing. It's about what does she want? What yeah. feels right for her body? What works right for her body? So what do you think about getting people on their hands and knees with an epidural? That's something I think it's good. I love doing it. It's just sometimes like epidurals for some reason and certain people, they like work amazingly. And then some people they like, and they can still have movement and they work like they work really good and they can still have movement. And some people, they work really good, but they have absolutely no movement. So hands and knees mm-hmm. is just not a possibility for them. It's not. Yeah. Thankful. And that's what I tell my girls too. If they have a really heavy epidural, but they can also ask the anesthesiologist to lower the dose and, and see if that works, if you have time, yeah. obviously. But yeah, so that is definitely um, something I'm super passionate about. Yeah. I just, it makes no sense. Like I tell my girls all the time, okay, if your doctor insists you're in lithotomy, then tell him you want him to go and go poop with his legs up in the air, laying flat on his back. Literally. See how that, see how yeah. that works out. Yeah. Not good at all. And it definitely is hard at times because, like, some of these doctors, I think, aren't trusting of, like, travel nurses. So, like, I try to, like, stand my boundaries, but then sometimes I kind of get just, like, shut down a little bit. But I'm learning to be more assertive. But that's a, a really good point, and I'm glad you brought that up because these moms need to hear that, is that we can only push so far ourselves Yeah. as labor nurses but they can absolutely push to the end. And so that is, the power really is more so in her hands than in ours because we are bound by the doctor's orders. We work for the doctor. But the good thing is, is that you and I and the doctor all work for her. So really, I tell my girls all the time, I, I, this is a question I ask, and it's so, it's so funny. I ask this in my classes. Who... Or, or I say, what is the one thing that every birth needs? And I hear partner, good provider, a good birth plan, everything. But the thing is, is her, without her pregnant in the room, there is no birth. So I really want them to understand that they're the birth queen. They own the room. And we, our hands are tied a little bit as their labor nurses, because like you said, we can only push so far. And that doesn't matter if you're at a facility where you absolutely have let you, the providers know you and trust you, or if you're at a new p- a facility, we can only push so far. And what I find is that a lot of providers, and this is what I try to tell my moms, I don't think the providers are trying to do something horrible to her or make it harder for her. This is their job. And all of us, when we have a job, we all do things a certain way. We get into our routine. And so it's up to them to challenge that routine. And most of the times I feel like the provider's like, all right, we can try that. No problem. They don't really give them a lot of stink. Sometimes they do. But I think as far as uh, lithotomy, that's going to take a cultural change. The birth culture has to change. Like it has to be all of us saying this is not okay and then it will change instead of automatically oh she's ready delivery let's break the bed down and put up the stirrups mm-hmm. you know like that needs to stop yeah for definitely. sure anyway i can get off on a a tangent on that i have a, a free class i i do four times a year uh, we're teaching it next week and it's all about pushing and um Oh, I get off on this, that topic. That's why I said there's probably a wanted poster for me. I don't know. (laughs) 
Okay, so one of the things I am asking all of my guests who come on here, and this can be labor and delivery related, this is, uh, I'm going to start that over. And this could be labor and delivery related, or it can be just AJ in real life, what have you. But what would you say is your superpower? Oh, my superpower. Oh, man. I feel like I'm very, like, I always mix these words up. Empathetic. Is that the word I'm trying to think of? Like, where I feel people's emotions. Oh, listen. Yeah. That's the right word. Yeah, so I think that's it. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to labor and delivery, because I'm, like, with the mama. I'm, like, there. I feel your fears. Like, I take it all on, and I'm trying to make it, like, ten times more better for you. Um so I think that's awesome. I think that's my superpower. I don't know if it's like a, a good superpower. Like I want super strength, but I think yeah, I think. Like... So, are you in a relationship right now? Because my other question is, what would your partner say is your superpower? <laughs> um, I just have to switch it up a little. Yeah, I mean, I think. Oh, what would he say? I don't even know. We were literally just having this conversation the other night, too. Um, I hear the funniest answers when I ask this question to my guests. Probably that I am, like, <laughs> a crazy, like, goofy, like, insane person. I don't know if that's too superpower, though. Like, funny. Yeah, like, I just like to light up the room. Like, I'm just very goofy. What does he think about your TikTok account? He has not seen it because he does not have TikTok. And I do not That is so funny. So my husband does not have Instagram. He got it for a very brief moment, but he got so addicted to reels. And I, (laughs) so I am definitely on there and doing it, but I'm not a consumer. Yeah. I don't, I only watch it for business purposes. And so he was literally watching reels all the time. And I was like, I can't hear this because it's work to me. So he doesn't have, that's really funny though. He doesn't watch mine either. And at first I wouldn't let him because I was so embarrassed. Because when I started doing reels, it was brand new. Yeah, I'm very embarrassed. I haven't posted a TikTok in a long, I need to, I have to get back on my TikTok bandwagon because I have not posted a TikTok in a long. I am not good about TikTok. (sighs) I'm so hard at it. It's just another thing, so much of it. Well, I think that's great. And I, one thing I forgot to say, to ask you that I think is really important is that I saw in one of your um, TikToks that uh, you were talking about being, are you the youngest of five? I'm the second youngest of five. And how many girls and how many boys? Two older girls, an older guy, and a younger brother. Okay. So three boys and two girls. Yeah. So your mama and your sisters raised you. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, <laughs> I was I... Also by a single mom. So I think that's what kind of drove me to labor and delivery too. It's just women. Well, and I'm men. sure it helps you connect with these women and be there with them. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Well, it was so fun to have you. It was great to be on here, Trish. Get back to making your TikToks. <laughs> Definitely. Have to we want to see yes. them. So can you tell uh, my audience where they can find you? Yeah. So my TikTok handle is Nurse Dude AJ. It's all lowercase. I don't know if that matters on TikTok. Um, but yeah, that's my yep. um, TikTok handle. I mean, my um, Instagram handle is, what is my Instagram? I don't even know what my Instagram handle is. That's funny. AJ Lucas <laughs> underscore underscore RN. But I don't post as much like 
medical on it. That's you need a, to change it to nurse dude. Nurse, yeah, I should change it to nurse dude. You need dude. to change it and match it. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little business to. Yeah, there you go. I should do that. I'm going to do that today, right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on today. I know that it, I think it's important that mama's here because why we should have male uh, or labor and delivery nurses. We should, I think it's important. And I think it's important that people hear from you that you're just doing your job, just like any other nurse and that you love these patients. Well, thank you so much. Thank you Trish for having me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the birth experience with labor nurse mama. I had so much fun talking to AJ. I love the fact that he is a labor and delivery nurse and that he is supporting mamas everywhere, teaching them the best ways to give birth and how to work with your body to have the best birth possible. If you have any questions or you want any information about this episode, and if you want to go and sit and binge watch AJ's TikToks, then check out our show notes. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you or talk to you again next Friday.